And we are live here from just outside the White House with breaking news out of Washington, D.C. I am pleased to report that we have the first positive of the Joe Biden administration. And that positive is from a COVID test. Yes, that's right. The President of the United States has tested positive for COVID-19. And now with only a 99.995% chance of survival, the world is watching. The only question that remains is, will this be the President's finest hours or his final? Okay, okay, okay. That was the cold open. I hope you enjoyed it. We have a jam-packed show here for you today. I'm Dr. Joseph Anthony Corsi, here with Professor Mark J. Graninetti. And before we get into COVID and Biden, let's address something he said on Wednesday. So during a speech in, I believe it was, was it Rhode Island, Grando? I believe it was Delaware. Okay, you're right. I'm sorry. It was Delaware. He said he claimed that he had cancer. Um, does he? It's hard to know if it was just a slip up in wording because, like I said, the president also could have dementia. But immediately after this, his PR team and fact checkers started doing damage control and said he was referring to the fact that he had skin cancer, a non-melanoma skin cancer removed. There's just one problem. He said almost the exact same thing a few months ago in April. So I'm going to read you the quote. Uh, that he said in April of 2022, I believe this was. Now, he said, I have asthma, and 80% of the people who, in fact, we grew up with have asthma. So, does the president have asthma? I don't know. But yesterday, or not yesterday, on July 20th, Wednesday, he has the same exact quote almost. Here's the quote. That's why I, and so damn many other people I grew up with, have cancer. So, does the president have cancer now? Does he have asthma? Does he have dementia? Is he just repeating the same words and phrases and stories over and over again? Again, the Washington Post, their fact checkers try to say he was referring to non-melanoma skin cancer he had removed. But the fact checkers are ignoring a lot. Most importantly, the fact that he's using the present tense. So does anyone know what the definition of have is anymore? Um, he also claimed that this uh, cancer that he has was caused by oil slicks growing up in Delaware. I'm not sure how that relates to skin cancer, but he said you had to put your windshield wipers on to get the oil slick off your windows. That's why, again, that's why I and so many other people I grew up with have cancer. Ah, I don't know. So it looks like Biden has cancer, COVID, and dementia. But hey, at least he's married to a doctor, right? And asthma. I mean, at this point, the 79-year-old beacon of strength is you know in much better shape than donald trump apparently if he has all four of these uh diseases at the same time and is able to you know still be the president of the united states but speaking of delaware uh you know i was telling you this we were on vacation in rehoboth beach uh, last month and i told you i was at the beach one day and i see marine one fly overhead uh two helicopters marine one and i guess marine two and they literally flew right over top of my head on the beach, turned around, went back inland. 
And I believe it was the very next day when we were coming home, you texted me and said, please tell me you're still on Rehoboth Beach. And I said, no, we're on our way home. Why? And you sent me the video of, of the fall scene around the world of President Biden falling off his bike there in Rehoboth Beach. And somebody had the initiative to go on Google Maps and rename this part of Delaware Brandon Falls. <laughs> Brandon Falls, Delaware is now a location on Google Maps. But, uh, yeah, I guess uh, Delaware has, uh, you know, a lot of oil slicks there in the, uh, in the first state. Um, but it's just amazing that he keeps saying these things and his team has to cover for him. So this has to be getting a little bit old. Well, he, tell, he does have a history of telling the same stories over and over again. A lot of the times they are false and never happened. Do you remember, uh, was it? The, the train guy, Joe from Amtrak. Hey, Joey, baby. I Joey, baby. He always references him. And it's the same story. And you find out that that guy, I guess he he might have exi- existed. But if he did, he died in like 2002. Yeah, that was so Angelo from Angelo from Amtrak. Yeah. And the, the guy's been dead. For the, like the story doesn't add up at all. It doesn't make sense if it even is true. And he repeats it. Like, I think he's told that story, honestly, 20 times since he's been president. Yeah. But I know you wanted to I know you wanted to bring up uh, the fact that, when, that Biden has COVID now um, and you wanted to compare that to when Trump had COVID. So do you oh. want to get into that? Well, OK, so first off, let's the, uh, let's see. Do you want to do you want to play the clip from uh, the press secretary first or do you want to get into how the media just completely overreacted for Trump versus how they're doing for Biden now? Because th- th- we can do it before or after. It doesn't matter either way. Uh, I do have something on Karine Jean-Pierre again, but let's play the clip. Let's play the clip. OK, so this is um, we'll call her KGP from now on. These dogs upstairs. I'm sorry. When asked, does it matter how Biden got COVID? I'll just play the clip for you, and you guys can decide yourself. Where was he infected? I, I don't think we know. Uh, there it goes. Where was he infected? I, I don't think we know. Um, I certainly don't know if you, if you have any thoughts I, on I, it. Look, I, I don't think that, that matters, right? I think what matters is we prepared for this moment. I think what matters uh, is what Dr. Jha just laid out. Uh, if we look at where we were, were a year and a half ago, this is a president, when he walked in, one of his first priorities was to make sure we had a comprehensive plan to get people vaccinated. And so now today, look, look to today, more and more people are getting closer to having a more normal life. Uh, vaccines are available. And as Dr. Jha said, if you have not gotten vaccinated, please do. If you have not, if you're, if you've not gotten boosted, please do. Uh, these are, uh, these are treatments that are going to keep you safe. And I think that's what matters here is making sure that we continue to do the work. And the good thing is that, uh, the president again has been, uh, uh vaccinated and double boosted. Now, real quick, you see, she completely ignored the question, but is she freaking serious? Does everyone forget what schools had to go through with contact tracing? So was that, that was all just a ba- big waste of time, apparently. Go ahead. You can take it from here. But, like, she ignored the question. Good. When Donald Trump had COVID and he took his mask off, uh, they called him the super spreader in chief. <laughs> <laughs> the super spreader in chief. And now we have a president that doesn't matter where he got it. You know, shut up. 
he could have been, he could have got it and ha- been on an airplane and traveled to Delaware and gave it to everyone on the airplane. I mean, yeah. And I believe you, I believe you brought up this in, in, a, in our side conversation that um, you want to talk about it. Donald Trump Caesar Chavez moment. That was the, when he left the hospital. He, he went to Walter Reed and they they wanted him to do a, a wave at the door of Walter Reed every 10 minutes. Or they thought he was going to be on a ventilator. And then he finally gets back to the White House, gets off the helicopter, stands and takes his mask off. And uh, uh, how did exactly they put it? What was I texted you the term. I can't. Let me see if I have with here. no one else around, uh, mind uh, you. Yeah. Uh, Joy Reed. Chavez. Joy Reed called it his Caesar Chavez moment. Yeah, Caesar Chavez moment. Like, uh... so so Joe Biden has two uh, COVID vaccines on top of two boosters. When was his last booster? It was not that long ago. No, it was in his uh, in the White House studio there. Yeah, the fake studio. Um, in in. Uh, it was about a year ago that he said unvaccinated people are spreading COVID. It was exactly a year ago. I could play that clip next if you'd like. If you have it queued up, go ahead. This is okay. So this is Biden on July 21st, I believe, 2021. Play the clip. Here we go. We're not in a position where we think that any virus, including the Delta virus, which is much more transmissible and more deadly in terms of non-unvaccinated people, the, vi- the, the, the various shots that people are getting now cover that. They're, they're, you're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. <laughs> How many, Joe? <laughs> How many do you need? But with the boosters, like I, I thought like the logic that, that they were saying on CNN and MSNBC and the science, whatever that even means, was that you might have to get them every four months now. But I, I feel like Biden has had this blast booster well within four months. I could be wrong. I don't know. But he shouldn't have got coped. <laughs> yeah, no, if you're following the logic, if you're trusting the science, then no, he shouldn't have. Um, but I just recently heard Debbie Burks, and this was a clip played on the Dan Bongino show. Um, say that apparently this was either some testimony or an interview she gave, uh, one of the two, that the 15 days to stop the spread, um, they knew that was basically BS because they thought that that would just buy them time to enact more restrictions going forward. They also weren't 100% sure that the vaccines would create herd immunity. They were going off of other vaccines. We'll just say um, polio, Uh, the polio vaccine that creates herd immunity. They were hoping that that would be the case with the COVID vaccines. And that was obviously not the case. So I think that the point is we were misled, uh, intentionally lied to. And basically their whole policy was on hope and maybe guesswork than any concrete science. So if you want to debate that, if you disagree with that, I'm sorry to tell you the truth, but that is what happened, according to Dr. Uh, Debbie Pashmina Burks. And speaking of Dan Bongino, you know, we pride ourselves being out in front of the news. Two weeks ago, I was talking about Karine Jean-Pierre, who I think is has to be the worst press secretary in the history of the White House. Dan Bongino has been going off on her 
all week long. And it's like he brought up a good point. How much longer are they going to let her be the mouthpiece of this administration? It's almost like they're intentionally throwing her out there day after day after day to let her fail or to make this administration look even worse. And you might say, why would they want to do that? Because, and as we're probably going to talk about at some point, they need a contingency plan to get rid of Joe Biden for 2024. So um, I know we kind of went around around the block there, but uh, do you have anything else to add to that? Well, I think at some point when Biden is feeling a little better, they need to get him in front of the cameras and without a list of, of, of reporters to, to call on. And someone needs to ask him, what do you say now, President Biden, about show him the clip from a year ago. What do you say now? Someone needs to ask him and he needs to give an answer because if he says you still need to get vaccinated, which is what they're going with, then he's lying right to our faces because he just got boosted four months ago and he still got COVID. And I, I don't get it. We're not following any of the rules. We're not, we're not contact tracing. Here's another move. Here, here's another. So let's move back to KJ, K, or Kareem Jean-Pierre. Why did she give the press conference yesterday? Are we not still doing close contacts? She was on an airplane with the president for an entire weekend when he went to uh, the Middle East and then also to Delaware. Where's the outrage? She could be an asymptomatic spreader. Remember those? She could kill our, our best journalists in that press room tonight or yesterday. She could have killed them all. Hey. Right? right? She, president Biden said he was going to shut down the virus, not the country. And we, we, we're going to call it the hypocrisy. Can you imagine... This was Donald Trump, and the roles were reversed. And Donald Trump had COVID, like Biden. And his press secretary, Kaylee McEnany, went out there as a presumed close contact and, and gave a press conference. Can you imagine if the roles were reversed? And I do this multiple times a week where I just think to myself, this was Donald Trump. This was one of his kids in the, in, in the, playing the role of Hunter Biden. It would be wall-to-wall news coverage. But because it's, you know, 79-year-old Joe Biden in the, in the liberal media, they're going to cover for him. So all contact tracing. It seems like there is no plan anymore. It's just all the restrictions are off. And, you know, they've kind of given up on this. It seems, that's what it seems like anyways. That doesn't Which seem fair I'm not either. mad about, but it just doesn't seem fair. It just doesn't seem fair because if the roles were reversed, it would be it would be a nightmare for the Trump administration you, if, you, if this were him. You talk about Trump being a dictator. He at least left it up to the states and the state governors to make their decision. Look at what Tom Wolf did. Look at what Como did. Look at what Sanis did. You could see all the differences. That's how our government's supposed to work. That's what Trump did. Look at Biden. He got in and he did the 100-day mask mandate, and it was a federal mandate that was about he, – he would have went worse if – done way more hardcore things if he was able to legally. Correct. Uh, he would have. Correct. I mean, he forced everyone basically to get vaccinated. He, he forced it on the companies, which forced it on their employees. Let's be honest. Talk about a dictator. And these things don't even work. Like, where's the studies of unvaccinated versus vaccinated? And I, for unvaccinated, I want someone with no shots, not someone that's not fully vaccinated. that got one shot and is in between. We never see those studies. Right. And like you just said, you know, Four, four shots for Biden. You know, he's he made people, federal government employees lose their jobs over this. 
people in the military were, um, what's not the word kicked out, but um, reassigned or, you know, whatever. But this, the whole mandate early on, you know, as we saw last fall was just complete crap. And all of this stuff has just been totally debunked at this point. So um, I I feel like they are throwing in the towel uh, with COVID and with all the restrictions and things like that. So, but Gavin, Gavin Newsom uh, was just at the White House with Kamala. And I think you wanted to talk about that. Yeah, uh, strange timing. On episode one, I believe we talked about Gavin Newsom wanting to make a White House run. And it appears that he did when Joe Biden left the country. He showed up at the White House and walked around. Uh, what was the exact reason that was given while he was there? I can't remember. But... Uh, strange timing for him to show up to the White House when Biden's away and then Biden comes back and all of a sudden he gets COVID. Uh, are they going to use this as an excuse to pull 25th Amendment on Biden? If, if he has to go on a ventilator or I don't even know if we still do that with COVID, but like that was in the news. I mean, what happened? I mean, chances are he's not going to be on a ventilator. Uh, you know, this, let's just, let's just tell like it is this, this version of, COVID is not that dangerous. Will they use long um, COVID? Will they use long COVID? But they excuse? could use long COVID. It, it definitely could lay the groundwork for something down the road. If they come I out and say he has that. dementia now due to long COVID. I definitely uh, think that they could do, use that as an excuse. I will bet you that they're going to use look for anything, not just COVID, anything, any excuse to not have him run in 2024. And if this is the reason, then this is the reason. But... Um, I, w- I was reading something the other day that I'm sure a lot of our listeners may have heard this. Maybe they haven't. It looks like it could be. If it's not Joe Biden in 20, 20- I'm going to start saying Joe Biden like Kamala does. Joe Biden. Uh, <laughs> if it's not Joe Biden in 2024, it's going to be Hillary Clinton. Or I agree. Maybe it's Newsom. It's not going to be Kamala because she is actually less popular in the polls, according to the polls, than Joe Biden is. But, uh, that's my prediction, but you're right. Gavin Newsom shows up to the White House. You know, he's kind of feeling, got his toes in the water for a little, maybe a little White House run, maybe going up against uh, our boy down in Florida, Ronnie D. But interesting times. Follow me here real quick. This is the time before 2024, I think. This is the time where you get rid of Biden because he has been, like I said, the perfect, the excuse, the, 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 the term I'm going to use is shit shield because He's a wobbling idiot. He can get away, like I said, without having to answer questions and get away with being a bumbling fool. But now the Hunter Biden laptop thing's catching up to him. People are honestly over this inflation, these get everything. Honestly, everything with the economy, I think they're they're over it. They've the stock market has not been doing that well. People have lost savings. I think now is the time where if you're gonna make a move for a new 25th Amendment for a new president. Now will be the time. You, you eliminate Biden, a great shit shield, but at the same time, the Hunter Biden investigation is starting to creep up and catch a little bit of steam here. So if you get rid of Biden, you get rid of all that, in my opinion. The news will never cover it again. I mean, uh, th- I that's totally how it And don't be surprised if we see federal charges or an indictment of some kind against Hunter Biden here in the next few weeks. This is another avenue they could use to maybe invoke the 25th Amendment or to force... Joe Biden to resign uh, from the White House if federal charges are brought against Hunter Biden. It might be too much. You're right. 
if he were to resign or they were to force him out by 2024, the Democrats' prospects would look a lot better than they do now at not only saving their seats in November, which I don't think it's going to happen before then, but maybe saving some damage uh, in 2024, at least on the congressional side of things. Um, so I think that could also be a play. What do you think? I, I agree. I mean, who, like I said, who, name, name me a good candidate on the Democrat side for 2024. The bench but, is very, very thin. And that's why I think it's going to be Hillary Clinton in 2024. I think it's going to be Hillary or or Trump. You know, I, mean, I don't think it's too early to start hypothesizing of who could primary Biden or will anyone primary Biden? Maybe I'm point. crazy. Why not Joe Manchin? Why not Kristen Cinema? Joe Manchin probably. I, I mean, I, I don't think why. he would want any parts of that, but uh, that's just my opinion. Um, seeing how he is. But I think Kirsten Cinema would be someone who maybe could primary just a moderate Democrat, someone who's not going to bow to the liberal wing of the party. Joe Manchin does not do that. Kirsten Cinema does not do that. They can't be, they're not going to be bullied. So they chased uh, Kirsten Cinema into a bathroom. Do you remember that was, uh, that was over a year ago. They chased her yes. into a bathroom over. Yes. <laughs> I mean, these are your, these are the people that vote for you, supposedly. I, I don't know. You see what happens when they don't get what they want. They they choose violence right away and fear tactics. <sighs> well, speaking of violence, um, do you want to talk about Lee Zeldin, uh, we, Republican we, nominee for governor of New York? We he could do that. that. So this, I think they went back and edited it, but this is according to the Washington Post. They said, according to Lee Zeldin, he was attacked by a knife-wielding man at a campaign event. It's on video. Yeah, yeah not according to. It's, it's happened. It's on video, and they're saying according to Lee Zeldin. Ah, I don't know. But they, they fact-checked, but Joe Biden doesn't have cancer. That was no issue. But Lee Zeldin was reportedly, according to him, attacked yes. on camera. Attacked. Um, and this is the Republican nominee for governor in New York. Lee Zeldin will be running against Kathy Hochul, who was not elected by anybody who just fell into that position when uh, Andrew Cuomo uh, resigned. So that's going to be a race to watch. Uh, we'll see if New York gets their act together by by November and um, elects Lee Zeldin as the next governor. Well, should Kathy, should she have to come out and apologize? Because it's on Twitter. I want to say it was 14 days ago, almost two weeks before this happened. She's calling him a far-right extremist on Twitter. So does she have to take any responsibility for this? Because if the roles were reversed, I feel like a Republican would have to take responsibility if a Democrat was violently attacked by a right-wing extremist. <laughs> uh, Am I wrong? Again, again, yeah. if the roles were reversed, if the roles were reversed, this was Kathy Hochul and a right-wing extremist, quote-unquote, were to attack Kathy Hochul during a campaign speech, again, Wall-to-wall news. It would be, you know, uh, the white supremacist faction of the Republican Party. You know, you'd hear, to hear about gun control, weapons, all that stuff. But I, I guarantee you no one has heard about Lee Zeldin being attacked uh, at, at a campaign rally or see, whatever it was. Did, CNN did do a quick um, cut of it. But again, they didn't mention anything. I don't think about the knife because it's not good for them going on with gun control. No. Because if... You can't get a gun in New York. You can't get a concealed carry. Just get a knife. 
I, I, I'm sure that was Brian Stelter on his show Reliable Sources that that talked about that, right? <laughs> yeah. God, does he make me sick? He's tough. Yeah. He's tough to watch. <laughs> I, I I power through it sometimes because you just you have to watch it to believe. You won't believe some of the things that are said on TV. You have to I, watch it and just you have to see it for your own eyes and you have to just experience it. I people, give you so much watch credit. Believe it though. I give you so much credit for for watching CNN like you do because it makes me so frustrated and you know just very upsetting seeing some of the stuff they talk about but that's I, I why they are right now i have it on right they... now january 6th committee is <laughs> outtake show frustrated trump slap podium and struggled to condemn the mob's violence at the capitol <laughs> the unselects as trump calls them <sighs> so let's go into the next topic here um i think you wanted to talk about dave Chappelle has his show canceled and moved so do you want to get into that yes yes absolutely so Let's see here. Dave Chappelle. Where do I have that one at here? Chappelle Show. Chappelle Show. Okay. So Dave Chappelle, who, if you remember uh, two months ago, a couple months back, was just physically assaulted by a trans man wielding a knife. He had a show canceled and moved from the First Avenue in Minnesota to, I believe it was the Varsity Theater. I don't know where it was at. It was probably in, in Minneapolis as well. But the reason... Violent, violent rhetoric against trans people, or what I like to call funny jokes. So I can read you the statement. <laughs> Hold on. I can read you the statement they, they put out. It says, the Dave Chappelle show tonight at First Avenue has been canceled and is moving to the Varsity Theater. To staff, artists, and our community, we hear you and we are sorry. We know we must hold ourselves to the highest standards, and we know we let you down. We are not just a black box with people in it. And we understand that First Ave is not just a room, but, a, but is meaningful beyond our walls. The First Avenue team and you have worked hard to make our venues the safest spaces in the country. And we will continue with that mission. We believe in diverse voices, except for, except for a black meeting. We believe in diverse voices and the freedom of artistic expression. But in honoring that, we lost sight of the impact this would have. They're jokes! We, we know there are... We know there are some who will not agree with the decision. You are welcome to send feedback. Oh, I'm sure they got feedback. If you are a ticket holder, look for an email with information on your tickets uh, to transfer to the Varsity Theater. It sold out all three shows immediately. But, uh, I mean, I could just dive into this. It, it makes me mad because this theater, it was in the movie Purple Rain, okay? This is like Prince. This is his hometown. He's known. He, he had some of his most memorable performances, I think, in this place. Has everyone ever been to a Prince concert? You ever heard the song Pussy Control? He could sing, he could sing that as he dry homes the microphone on the floor. The entire revolution's overdosing and vomiting behind him on stage. But a few girls uh, jokes about girls dressing up like guys. That's out of bounds now. That's out of bounds. You can't see that. You can't hear that. Oh, my I, God. I, I, I give Dave Chappelle so much credit. I mean, he, he refuses to be, another one refuses to be bullied, will not be canceled. Uh, although people try to cancel him because he likes to rail against the trans community, not rail against them, but just make jokes, jokes. like a, what a comedian does. Um, <sighs> if you can't handle jokes he, and, and it's anyone, any race, any sex, gender, whatever, <laughs> then you probably, it's just, it's just, it's just so much anymore. Uh, what do you so say? Much. I don't even know what to say. I, I don't yeah. know what to say. Jokes are becoming illegal. You can't make fun. Yeah. Like, you, there's a there's a group of people that you cannot make fun of. You're not allowed to make fun of them. That sounds like racism by itself. Not racism because it's not race. It's people just 
some kind of ism. The left will find an ism for it, I'm sure. But th- there's something there where you should be allowed to make fun of anyone. He is a comedian. This is his job. This is his profession. This is what people pay to see him make jokes. And you know, he oftentimes makes jokes about, like I said, the trans community. And it brings people together. Like, think about, like, I joked around about the Chappelle show with, you could talk about that show with anyone, black, white, other, anyone. They all think it's funny. And he made fun of, he made fun of white people, Asian people, Jewish people, black people, poor people, rich people, crackheads. That's what comedy's about. Like, if you can't poke fun at something. Uh... Imagine a world, imagine a world 50 years from now where comedy is outlawed or banned. Because everybody is so politically correct in the, in the fact that you might offend somebody is just too much for people to handle. And therefore, it'll be censored one day. I mean, I, I don't want to say that's never going to happen, but it, it, there's a whole book know. on it. It's called 1984. There's thought crimes. There'll be laugh crimes in the future. That's all. Yeah. A world without Dave Chappelle and a world without comedy would be would be miserable. But Dave Chappelle is a national treasure. And the fact that this happens to him, you know, I think somebody stormed the stage, actually, too, in another one of his shows. Correct. That, that's the, at the beginning, a trans person. I don't even know. I think it was a guy. Remember, they broke his arm in half. His arm was all twisted. They still yes. had a handcuff. And, and he had what looked like a gun, but I guess it was a knife. And then he made a joke about the he. I don't know. Uh, you, but he was attacked, but he was physically attacked. No big deal. He says words about funny, funny jokes about trans people, and they got to cancel the whole show. And, and I'm sorry if you yeah. bought a ticket. Too bad. You're going somewhere else. You Listen, here's the deal. Else. Here's the deal. We can't have Dave Chappelle caving in to the radical left. We just can't. We can't have anyone anymore. You got, at, at a certain point, you got to stand your ground and say, "Listen, yes. I don't care if you're offended. Go be offended." Like that crime. would be like me getting, being offended that it's a, the Sebastian Maniscalco. Um, show that we went to back in December that he's making jokes about Italians. That's what we're there to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Please give me some jokes about my, uh, about my ethnicity. This is what I came for. I want to hear it. Honestly, But we can't have people like Dave Chappelle caving to the radical left. And I don't think he's ever going to do it. So Hopefully he, could, he makes another Netflix special here in the next year or two. And same goes for Sebastian Maniscalco because... Do not go woke. Never, ever, ever, ever go woke. Right. Right. So, um, all right. Let's go on to the next topic. And this was from the ridiculous ESPY Awards oh. that were on the other night. Oh, my gosh. I remember when the ESPY Awards were a big deal. You tuned into the ESPY Awards... Um, they were, they meant something, um, you know, they had the Arthur Ashe award for courage every year. You had all the big names were there in sports entertainment. And over the last, what would you say? Five years or so when Disney, Walt Disney and ESPN made their shift to the far, far left, it seems like less and less people give two craps about the ESPYs. It just doesn't seem like it's big anymore. And who won Athlete of the Year the other night during the SP Awards? Eileen Gu. Eileen Gu won Athlete of the Year. Now, who's Eileen Gu? You want to take this one? I know, I know you're excited to talk about this. 
I mean, th- she basically shunned our country to go compete for China in the Olympics. She is a 18-year-old um, dual citizen of the United States and China. Very attractive. Um, you know, kind of that up-and-comer. You can't be a dual citizen. You pick a side. If it's if it's USA and China, and you you're a dual citizen, and you go for China for the Olympics, I'm sorry, you're you're not really a dual citizen. Not in today's <laughs> day and age. I mean, yeah. the really Winter not. Olympics. The Winter Olympics were in Beijing, and she decided to compete for China rather than the United States. And the ESPYS awarded her with an award, Athlete of the Year. So uh, who go ahead and go ahead and finish off. I, I mean, who, who, who decides on these like ESPN? You like you think they might say, you know what? Uh, although she did win, it might not be the best look to have her actually receive the award or win the award. So maybe have someone else win that 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 didn't embarrass the country and go play f- go on the Chinese Olympic team. Uh, if it would have been someone with conservative values or something that would have been had a right wing issue or said, don't take the vax or anything. ESPN would have never given the person that award. Right. Never let them near the stage. It, but, it, it, and to be fair, it was breakthrough athlete of the year. Breakthrough. I don't, ca- athlete I don't of the year. care. It's the ESPYs. This is America. And you know what? I understand ESPN is state media. I just thought it was for like our country, not China, but apparently it's more for China now. Doesn't shock me. Doesn't yeah, with, with Disney, China's, like I said, yeah. I mean, I mean, Walt Disney Company and China's tentacles are all throughout um, entertainment media, and just just googling her name right here as we're talking. This is from a news outlet in Australia. Outrage as China propaganda star handed SB's honor. Conservative media angered by SB award uh, going to Eileen Gu. So this is, you know. We are, are we are being supported here on our opinion of this by not by people around the world. Um, Aaron why Rogers, ESPN would do this. Aaron Rodgers had to go on an apology tour for saying that he he was inoculated and he whatever the story was he really wasn't. And ESPN killed him every day for that. It really wasn't. It, it really wasn't. They made it into a political story. ESPN is becoming more political every day. You see, there was a story about Gavin Newsom and UCLA. He, he was questioning UCLA. Why are they? What, what is Gavin Newsom even getting involved in this shit for anyway? Right. Focus on your state. You have how many homeless people on the streets? Uh, th- there was just a story. They um, they arrested two illegal aliens with, I think, 140 pounds or something ridiculous of fentanyl or fentanyl pills. And they, they let them go on bail, obviously. And here two months later at the trial, they're no shows. Where are they? Who knows? But this is Gavin Newsom's state. This is this is the policies of the D.A., and in, in the governor and in... <sighs> I'm not done with the ESPYs, by the way. No, we should. We, but no matter where you go, you, you we get sidetracked. At least I do because everything ties into one another. But let's yes. get back to the ESPYs, the, the terrible ESPYs, the now. the woke, super woke ESPYs, and probably the most nauseating portion of the evening, at least for me, was Megan Rapino, also an ESPY winner. Yeah. She was awarded best play for her Olympic gold. That came in last summer's Olympics. And what does she do when she gets on stage to accept her award? Um, she gives this quote. 
For me, the most striking thing is that BG is not here. BG deserves to be free. She's being held as a political prisoner, obviously. BG meaning Brittany Griner, who's being held in prison in Russia because she took cannabis cartridge into the country illegally. Rapino goes on to say, what are we doing here dressed up like we are when our sister's detained abroad? <laughs> Rapino also gave the middle finger. Um, of course, that's her MO. Um, I believe on the red carpet, um, you know, while she was, uh, you know, coming into the ESPYs. And she also talked about putting pressure on Vladimir Putin to release Brittany Griner. <laughs> if Megan Rapino thinks that she could put pressure on Vladimir Putin, that would be the funniest thing that I've heard all year long. Well, who is she even talking to? Because the, the Biden, because he wasn't, he's not listening. And even if he is, he, he ain't in control. He's just a hard taco shell of a man. <laughs> and if we, and Tulsi Gabbard came out and, and gave a great video. So it was like a real brief clip. If the Biden administration uses their political influence to get Brittany Griner released, which doesn't look like it's even going to happen. But if they do, <clears throat> are they going to then release all the people that are in prison right now for cannabis-related offenses? Are they going to release all of those people as well? Tulsi Gabbard brought up a good point. So Biden promised to do that, I believe. He did promise to let every nonviolent for stuff like marijuana and stuff like that out of jail. Trump did it for a few people. I know that. The last president. And Obama started that stuff, which is fine. I don't care. Nonviolent offenders, sentence reduced. You've hit the nail on the head. He can't do it because if he brings back Griner, he has to let everyone out of jail. Then I guess that, and that's the you know that that's a bad look. Yeah, and I, I would be shocked if there's any sort of diplomacy right now between the United States and Russia. I just feel like there's no dialogue at all. Maybe there's some back channels going on, but I doubt, highly doubt, that Brittany Griner is on their priority list of things to do and things to accomplish to get her out of jail in Russia. Do you think there's any more to the story, though? Like, is she bringing, like, way more drugs or was eh, doing something else? No, I don't see that. I, I, I would be surprised. I would be surprised. You know, it's probably like an innocent cartridge, you know, to just bring that in. But you know. I don't know some days drug-free, though. Good for her. <laughs> A little tolerance break for BG. Yeah, <laughs> but keep going, Megan. Keep keep trying to put that pressure on on Vladimir Putin. You'll you'll get you'll get there someday. We don't know who she was talking to. It could have just empty air because no yeah. one's really listening. But Megan Rapino is the absolute worst. And let's not forget that she took a knee for the national anthem, and so did Brittany Griner. So yeah. if you are so patriotic, if you love this country so much, you know, go go do things on your own. Brittany Griner actually quoted, I think she said the national anthem is offensive and shouldn't be played before sporting events. Right. I think that was your exact quote. And now look, now she's comes crawling back big and she wants help me. Yeah. I wonder if the Trump administration would offer her what they would say if if Brittany Griner was if Trump was president while Brittany Griner was being held in Russia. Trump would have had 24 hours to get her out alive or else. <laughs> <laughs> or else that would have been it. He would he would have been impeached again. Yeah, he would have been impeached because he didn't release Brittany Griner from Russian jail. But real, real quick about the kneeling. Do you remember when Tim Tebow would kneel and it was the biggest deal ever? Like you shouldn't be allowed to kneel. Your but hey, if it's for social justice or for the right cause, it's fine. Yep. Yeah, the Tebow knee was was very controversial because he was kneeling for Jesus. 
But if you're kneeling uh, for the flag, uh, if you're kneeling for the national anthem, if you're kneeling for pro- police brutality, you're good. I don't know. I watch Game of Thrones, man. Game of Thrones. Something about just bending the knee and kneeling down. Like I said, I'll do it for God and for Jesus. But I'm not bending the knee for anyone anymore. No. You can't bend the knee. No. You can't bend the knee. But <laughs> real quick, but because I was just thinking, uh, I just saw this on Instagram that Pope Francis, and I'm not going to get into Catholic Corner today, but Pope Francis is he- heading to Canada. And do you think Pope Francis is going to bend the knee and kiss Justin Trudeau's ring (laughs) (laughs) when he lands in Canada? Well, I have a question real quick. So what is Catholicism like in in Canada? What's like their religion? Are they? Uh, I would think most of the French Canadians in in places like Montreal and, um, you know, the Quebec province would be predominantly Catholic. But interesting um, times in Canada, though, because. Trudeau ain't too popular over there. They got that pass where you need to download that Trudeau app to even get in the country. Even if you show you're, you're vaccinated and you had a COVID test, they want you to download some kind of app. It's a mess over there. It's like a $6,000 fine if you don't, I believe. Oh, yeah. And you need to be vaccinated into the country still. So it'll, it'll come here eventually if, 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 you, if we let it. Yep. Yep. So, all right, let's move on here. Uh, we're at about 40 minutes. So let's, uh, we'll try to get to our hour. And hopefully you're listening as you're, you know, driving home from work or driving to work or laying by a pool somewhere. Or if you're like John Ambrose, you're in the Outer Banks right now, hopefully uh, staying out of the ocean. Who knows? I'm sure there's shark attacks there like there is everywhere else. But um, so hopefully you guys are listening uh, and we're providing some coverage for you guys. Maybe you might not know what's going on out there in the world and politics and kind of give you a little rundown and recap of, of the last few days. But something else that we saw come out uh, this week. That somebody in the State Department, I'm guessing, or maybe Department of Defense, or maybe somewhere in high level, high level at the White House said, we're going to send, someone sat around and said, this is a good idea. We're going to send Nancy Pelosi to Taiwan as an emissary to talk to the Taiwanese government and as a representative of the United States of America um, to engage with dialogue with Taiwan. So... What happened next, Joe? Well, first of all, it, people are probably thinking they sent Nancy Pelosi like there's no one better. Who else are you going to send? <laughs> I mean, you could have picked any send? name out of a hat and it would have been better than sending Nancy Pelosi to Taiwan. Well, the, the topic. OK, so the headline that I would have if I had my own newspaper, I would write China tells Nancy Pelosi to stay the F home. U.S. military agrees because in the end, they basically said it's not safe for I think that's it's not the best time or it's not the right time. They basically were insinuating it's not safe, which is crazy because I thought we were the most powerful military country in the world. Right. Well, let's let's, the chain of events here was China said if Nancy Pelosi goes to Taiwan and, and I'm paraphrasing here in so many words, they said, you know, there'll be consequences for the United States if that happens. And literally within, what, three, four days of that coming out, the U.S. military said, yeah, we're not going to send Nancy Pelosi over to Taiwan. Yeah. that's China said something, too, in April. I don't know who they were. They, they did the same thing again. I, I swear they were going to send someone else. If it was Jake Sullivan or someone else over there. And they did this in April. And they said, don't send anyone over here warning you. I can't remember if they sent Sullivan or whoever it was. And they did it again today. Nancy was supposed to go. China says, don't send her. All of a sudden, she's she's not going anymore. 
Which is crazy because they all went to Ukraine and it was safe to go to Ukraine, which is an active war zone. Am I making this up? Does this sound crazy? They went to the, the a country where Russia was shelling and shooting missiles into and was on fire for four months. And that was fine. We had Hollywood actors going there, everyone. But Taiwan, that's too dangerous for some reason. Why is that too dangerous? Are they about to invade Taiwan? What's, <laughs> what? I mean, this is important questions because... We we have our we have we have fleets over there. The, the 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 Pacific is a big ocean. Okay, China only needs to control a little strip of water between their country and Taiwan, and th- there's there's nothing we could do. You're gonna have you're gonna have an actual hot war. What are we gonna do to stop them? We're gonna have to use force. If China decides tomorrow, hey, we're going to Taiwan, Joe Biden, this administration, everyone. Big decisions are going to be made. So this like kind of like threat. It's it's kind of like a game of chicken, and we're like, it seems right. There is no peace through strength with this administration, like there was under Trump. Say what you want, but we are getting bullied left and right by China on all kinds of fronts, and this was just another example of that. So. I mean, you could say what you want about anyone like Trump. He people said, well, you, he's so crazy. We don't know what he'll do. That that was ended up being a good thing. Joe Biden, though, it's just, you just you don't know what he's doing at, at all. <laughs> that was actually the, the whole point of, of Trump. And that's what made him, you know, effective, that he was unpredictable. So. I don't know. Like I said, he he signed that that deal with China right before COVID happened with the was with the embargoes or the tariffs. I'm sorry, tariffs. And our relationship with China was going was going well. We we had good trade deals. And then fast forward literally a little over two years, and it's like they control us, and they will because where do all these chips get manufactured that you hear about? A lot of it right. is in Taiwan. Right. Right. If you think that there is a supply chain disruption now, wait until China invades Taiwan and all the chips that we on all the jobs that we exported to Taiwan that we were making here in the United States that are now made in Taiwan. It's like something like 80 or 90 percent of chip manufacturing is in Taiwan when it used to be here in the United States. Wait till China invades Taiwan if you think a supply chain disruption was bad over the last year. And there's no plan. Anything yet. There's no plan. Do you remember when COVID hit? Like Trump, not to bring him up all the time, but he stopped and everyone, every company started making ventilators. There's no plan like that with this administration. If something would happen like that, where we go into a hot war or there's nothing coming in of, of Southeast Asia to the United States anymore, or a lot less, there's no plan. I'll tell you right now, there is no contingency plan, which there's no plan because this administration is not out in front of anything. Name me one thing that they're out in front of. You can't. They react to you, things. They're not in front of. They're not out in front of things. How could they be this bad? Like I said, it's almost like they use Biden as a shit shield, and they want this to happen on purpose. They they want this suffering, but it, that can't be right. It can't be. You would think. You would think it can't be right, but it's just uh, it's just another another you know example of how bad these last year, this last year and a half has been. So. We talked about this, too, in episode one. We got the August uh, break in the action coming up with Congress where there's not going to be anyone in D.C. So what happens if there is an issue in, in like, uh, I don't want to say something militarily, but 
let's just say that the war in Ukraine spurs out in another country or China attacks Taiwan or North Korea fires a missile. The, what's Congress isn't even in session. They're not even in D.C. It's a good time to make a move. You think the people yeah. don't know that? I mean, but like I said, they'll, they'll finish up with these January 6th hearings that they wasted. I don't know how many weeks on and all the focus on, on dumb stuff like that. They'll go on their summer break on their vacation homes and they'll come back and it'll be a shit show. They'll be so far behind. They'll never catch up because they're not going to catch up now. Right. Right. Yeah, they're not. They're absolutely not. So, well, I have a couple things here as we uh, begin to wind this down. Uh, number one, Dan Bongino referenced him earlier in the show. Uh, one of his favorite quotes, if masks work, then why aren't they working? This headline, Japan, leading in mask wearing and over 62% of the population, quote unquote, boosted, reports 195,161 new COVID cases, the highest single day increase on record. Everybody's over the mask thing. and You're seeing more and more people wear masks around here, especially that I've seen out in Pittsburgh and whatnot. And I'm not anti-mask. Okay, at this point, if you want to wear it, fine. That's your business. But the cloth masks really bother me because and you said this almost two years ago that the bacteria build up in masks cannot be healthy for breathing. And I heard the other day, 99, they did some sort of test on masks. 99% of the masks they tested had some sort of bacteria culture growing uh, inside the mask where breathing was occurring. Again, masks work, then why aren't they working? All right, simple enough. I wouldn't be opposed to wearing a mask on an airplane, you know, but I have not worn one since they said we didn't have to wear one. And that's my decision. And that's your each individual's decision to wear or, wear or not wear a mask. But we see here in Japan, 62% of the population boosted. As we know, masks are heavily prevalent over in, in, in Asia, especially in Japan. And they just set a record for most COVID cases in one day. So, um, if you want to keep wearing a mask, uh, go right ahead. That's your business. But make it an N95, guys. You know what? Ditch the cloth masks. I think we're over that now by now. N95 in the 95-degree summer heat with 100% humidity. Genius. That'll stop COVID. <laughs> um, and I have two more things I want to touch on. Biden's energy secretary, who is standing, this is obviously in front of a green screen, but in the background that they superimposed on the green screen behind his energy secretary is none other than Pittsburgh. You can see PNC Park, the Clemente Bridge, the Rachel Carson Bridge, and the Indy Warhol Bridge right behind her. Leave us out of this. Leave us out of this. Because she said, we're witnessing the beginning of one of the most significant events in human history, the transition to clean energy. Are we? Are we really witnessing it? Because the infrastructure just isn't there right now for clean energy. They want us to pay the price. We heard Mayor Pete, Secretary of Transportation, say that the other day. There's, there was a cost of this, and that's people paying a higher price uh, in, in gasoline, and the people should be driving electric cars. He continues to say stupid stuff like this. But leave Pittsburgh out of it. I just don't think that the infrastructure is there right now for us to transition over to clean energy. You want us to go out and buy electric cars? Who can afford electric cars, Joe? Upper middle class Americans, upper class Americans, maybe middle class Americans with no kids. 
Well, where are you going to drive? Expensive vehicles. You are paying high interest rates on at this point in time. Go ahead. Where are you going to? Okay, so you get in your car in Florida and you drive it to PA. You can do that. It's expensive. It's a lot of gas. Get in an electric vehicle in Florida and drive out to PA. You might not be able to get the entire way without charging it because there's not all these charging stations. You're, you hit the nail on the head. We weren't ready. We weren't going to be ready for another probably decade. So if there's not the way to charge the vehicles, what are you going to do in the middle of winter if you have a 55-car pileup outside the nation's capital? What are you going to do when they're all electric cars? Are you going to bring a giant charging station, charge the cars after they die in a few hours? And then what's going to happen? What's the plan? Right. We're not ready. We were never ready. But for some reason, we jumped the gun. And we want everyone to drive an electric vehicle. Where do you power up the vehicle? They use coal in California, I believe. I don't know about yeah. California. But they, they use coal to charge up the car. You need energy to power electric vehicles in the form of nuclear, coal, Natural gas, wind and solar can't power all of these power plants. No, you don't have the capability yet to power electric cars. And that's just if homes had one electric car. Imagine a home having two or more electric vehicles. If I could afford an electric vehicle, I would. But you know what? I have an Audi and it takes flex fuel. And I went to Sheets today and filled up my vehicle for $2.99 a gallon because my car takes flex fuel, luckily enough. So, um, Whatever. But this is just getting old. Uh, this is Mayor Pete, tone deaf um, and, and just, you know, saying that we're witnessing one of the great transitions to clean energy. We're just I just don't think we're there yet. And we're not even close. Yeah. And not to mention solar panels, too. We haven't even touched on this. That did you know? Did you know that solar panels actually have a lifespan of 25 years? So then what happens in 25 years when the solar panels need to be discarded? They are major pollutants, by the way, and then they need to be thrown away. Do we just replace all those or, you know, we'll just kick that can down the road. Print more money and buy more. That's all. Yep. And so the last thing I just want to end on a little bit of good news before we turn it back over to you to to end the show. Um, Ukraine and Russia did come to an agreement on a grain deal to resume grain exports from the Black Sea. Uh, so this is actually some good news. And this means that, if you, don't, if you didn't know, Ukraine, a major producer of grain and exporter of grain across the world, a lot of the countries rely on grain from Ukraine to produce things that, you know, use wheat, right? Um, and this is a big deal uh, because this definitely, in the short term now at least, avoids a um, or averts a global um, food shortage that was on the precipice of happening had this deal not um, happened. Um, And this also will allow the unimpeded access of Russian fertilizers to global markets. Russia is a major producer of fertilizers. And um, so that's some good news. And I think Turkey was um, was a, a key player in this deal. And I believe the United Nations had 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 a hand as well. So. I'm going to end on some good news and hopefully, um, again, you know, this relieves uh, some pressure on food markets across the world. So that's all I got. Just real quick. Why wouldn't Russia, if they were in a big, bad war with Ukraine, head into central Ukraine in the beginning and get that grain, all them grain fields or torch them or take them for themselves? Uh, we'll get to that on the Ukraine episode. <laughs> 
Well, it, it, it does say here, this is from CNN, the Russians had stolen 500,000 tons of grain in occupied territories, and approximately 1 million tons of grain remains in the elevators under the control of the occupiers. But the deal says that five monthly export of 5 million tons of grain would leave the ports each month, bigger comparable to pre-war levels. So um, there is some good news out there, and this is one of those deals. So um, shout out to Turkey and the United Nations for brokering this deal between um, Russia and Ukraine. So back over to you as we, uh, as we begin to wrap up. We're about almost at the hour mark. All right. Um, we're just going to close it out here. We appreciate all you guys listening from the East Coast to the West Coast. And we don't know who is listening in Mexico. We'll figure it out eventually. But to our uh, friends down in Mexico. Okay. So we're going to play us out here. We got a very exciting uh, news week coming up. We are going to have some guests. I believe, Mark, you mentioned Como family member. And who was the other one? We have a, a naval intelligence officer uh, that was embedded with the SEALs that we will be having on next week. So we'll hear about his. Uh, deployments, hear about some military talk, and uh, yeah, it should be a great interview. All right, so from now on, just tune in, sit back, relax. We're going to give you guys the real news, and we're going to make it fun. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm Dr. Joseph Anthony Corsi, and my co-host here, Professor Mark J. Granonetti. We appreciate it. We want to say thank you, and have a great day. Ciao.